The Puritan's Guide to Fall Songs Guide. Charred landscape. Watching the female bouts at the beginning on the tent of bedecked terraces. Tonight's song is... All right, so uh, we're starting. We are starting with "Fantastic Life." Yes, uh, released November thirteenth, nineteen eighty-one, on Slate. Um, there's also there's also some seven inches. Like one was released in Germany, and another was released in right Finland. I don't know. And there's <laughs> live versions of this song scattered amongst the discography on uh, oh. "Fall in a Hole," especially. Yeah, yeah. One of the more recent really shitty sounding live recordings that came out <laughs> they all kind of are but uh yeah anyway. yeah they are but well, I mean, that's, the, the, ones, that's the charm right yeah i mean at least the ones that have been i don't know i guess there's been a few good ones since his death but yes uh, anyway so i had this weird take on this and basically it go on i don't know why although uh i've also been watching uh, we've been watching this TV show called Endeavor. It's BBC. It's like Inspector Morse as a young man. Oh, okay. Which is okay, but you know, it's a BBC police procedural, so yeah. whatever. Um, but I was just watching one where there were there was a bunch of uh, communist spies, and a bunch of spies came by. So th- that also reminded me of this song, where like everyone's a spy, like this. In, in the world of Marquis e. Smith, seems like everyone's a, a spy of some sort, at least yeah. when he was early. Um, everyone's on. So everyone's uh, hiding something. Everyone's lying. Yes. Uh, no, but not him. Not um, him. No, no. I didn't, I didn't say he was. <laughs> he so, knows what's up. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so all right. It's maybe long and involved and totally not make any sense, but let's, let's hear it. it's the fantastic life, fantastic lie dichotomy. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Please continue. Okay, I think we might be on the same track on this, but I want to hear what you're thinking. Okay, are. yeah. Uh, so on um, on uh, annotated fall, they they had a quote from good old Mark uh, in Vulture in 2013, in which he says, "Sometimes the books I read are a bit crackers or strange." Uh, he was talking about like history books. Crackers. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, I think it, basically, I think that that sums up this book. Like, it's all a bunch of different stories of spies or people he's run into who were like in the army. Um, right. So, but also, it's he's also an, an incredibly unreliable narrator in here. So, and one of the things I've often thought about, Mark, is just, like, so, basically, he is an unreliable narrator, and a lot of times, he just seems to make up facts, like, half the time. Yes. Um, but, but he sounds so authoritative when he's doing it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it reminds me of uh, Flan O'Brien, uh, the third policeman. Have you ever read that? No. That's pretty good. Okay. So Brian O'Nolan was his real name, mm-hmm. um, and then Flan O'Brien was what he used for his novels and short stories. I think he was also a newspaper guy okay. who went under Miles of Gapa clean or something. <laughs> I can never remember that. All one. right. Yeah. Anyway, um, but the third policeman is essentially 
a book about philosophy, but it's it's also based on uh, well, it's it's uh, like dialectical discourse, basically, is what the philosophy is. And and, and you know what? I could be completely off on this. It's been a while, I'm sure but you're not. but um, one of the things that always cracks me up about third policeman is there's an entire footnoted philosopher in the book called De Selby, who is a completely made up person by Flann O'Brien, but he but the footnotes are parts of books that he has supposedly written <laughs> that De Selby wrote. Wow. And they go on yeah. And it's like ridiculous metaphysical stuff. And uh is this the shit like David Foster Wallace was ripping off throughout his entire career? Sort of, yeah, yeah. because this was done in forties or fifties. Like maybe even earlier. Okay. So he and you know he and um, Joyce were of a pair, I think, as far as writers go. Obviously. Yeah. At, at Swim, Two Birds is pretty good too, but it has more to do with like folklore. This one. Yeah. yeah. I think that came up in one of the books <clears throat> I've been reading about folk horror stuff, or like the oh the TV box, the new Rob Young book. I think that's what it's called. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Um. So, but it, it so it just reminds me of that. Like it's basically a lot of. Um, questioning fact and fiction. Then there's also the whole uh, the line from the man who shot Liberty Valance, which was written by James Warner Bella and Willis Goldbeck, and directed by John Ford, of course. But the line is, "When the legend becomes fact, print the legend." Right. So, even though that's a f- a f- seemingly more of an American take on all of this stuff than possibly, you know, uh, British, I would say, although they probably do that a lot too, given, you know, uh, their rulers and stuff. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I just thought that was really, I just think that whole thing is interesting. I think the, the it's an interesting take on uh, fiction versus nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lots of things within the there's one one verse that it even says that starts with no lie and then he talks about his friend and then he ends the verse with fantastic lie yeah <laughs> that's, is that is that that's the verse uh yeah it's the verse where i think the uh the guy who played some clarinet on the record right yeah swore yeah. that it was him yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah he said no that's me yeah his name was david or something like that yeah isn't it yeah so so yeah that is the verse but no lie and then fantastic lies like that's completely the the whole idea of the song yeah. for me anyway no it's a beautiful little just how starting off and ending with lie very poetic little uh, <laughs> maneuver he pulled there yeah yeah no I, yeah I, I I got stuck on just the the, the sort of two uh, the, the the dueling definitions of fantastic that he's working with in these lyrics. yes and there's that was part of it too yeah. Um, you, you want to no, go no, no, into that? No, 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 Oh, I was just going to say fantastic as in fantasy and fantastic as in awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's what I was going to say. Okay. Yeah, so that, that's it. Yeah, just that, that, you know, just playing around with, you know, the fantastic lie of being like, hey, this is a great story and fantastic, like, oh, that's total bullshit. You know? Yeah, it's yeah. A fantastical thing someone's coming up with. And great stories are fantastic lies. Yeah. Of all sorts. Mm-hmm. Of both sorts, I guess. This is really... That's... that's I think that's uh, the majority of Marky e. Smith's uh, lyric writing career. Fantastic lies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, and then, and this was pretty early on too. Right. Like so, 
he'd, he'd already been doing this, but I think that laying it out with this song is pretty interesting, at mm. least uh, like moving forward. Uh, He's, 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 he does this the entire time, like as most writers do. But, mm-hmm. um, I thought one of the things um, that I thought was interesting is in that it, it's not really on Annotated Fall, but there is a line from a um, a live bootleg or something on there. So at, at around 110, there are two Marky e. Smith vocals, one in the left, one in the right. Okay. And one is about the one on the so the one on the left is written down on annotated. The one on the right is like him talking about knowing someone who sold a, some flares to Guy Burgess or something like that. There is something in like the footnotes the annotated fall. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So, but it even mentions Guy Burgess in that version. Yeah, that's that's what I was getting. Yeah, to. yeah. Um, he was apparently a spy or gave information to the Russians. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. So um, then you got the Battle of Jerusalem, uh, 1948 mentioned. You got, um, as Annotated pointed out, there's um, uh, something that mirrors, there's a couple of lines that mirror the uh, uh, Charge of the Light Brigade. Yeah. Um, the, uh, ours is not to look back, ours is to continue the crack. Yeah. Yeah. And have we talked about crack before did i just read that a long time ago and think i think you probably read that a long time ago i mean it's something i kind of knew about but but spelled in the cr aic yeah so maybe read in, like probably james joyce for example is probably where i read this right right yeah it's probably or got Irvine walsh welsh yeah i probably ran into it somewhere or something mm-hmm. but i was thinking that maybe mark had used it before but um for those that don't know apparently it's an irish term uh meaning a conversation involving news or gossip um, yeah, I think that somewhere I was reading said that it comes from Middle English as well. Like, yeah, um, came to the Irish from Middle English, something uh, like that. Something yeah. like that. English by way of the Irish, which in turn derives from the Middle English. Crap, <laughs> which loud is, bragging talk. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like loud bragging talk. Um, yeah. In charge of the Light Brigade, for those like me who haven't read it since high school <laughs> I don't think I've ever read this one I, I remember reading it at some point but it's kind of like this uh, it's by Lord Alfred Tennyson um, it's a patriotic poem about um, let's see oh yeah it's the titular battle <laughs> I wrote on the titular battle so I could use titular um, of the British against Russia Russian forces in the Crimean War on October 25th, 1854, basically the charge led to heavy British casualties due to a miscommunication about execution. Like, they were supposed to do one thing, but then the game of telephone got mixed up and they sent them to go do something else and it, it cost a lot of British lives. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's what the charge of the Light Brigade is all okay. about. Um, but what's funny is that if it is... It's uh, patriotic, but I couldn't remember if it was actually patriotic or if there was, it was ironic patriotic. But in 1854, I don't believe they had introduced as much irony into, uh, yeah, <laughs> into poems about the British forces yet. So yeah, I was like, okay, well that makes sense, right? But but I feel like uh, Mark probably used that 
ironically and i also think that that's definitely a piece of what is going on because everyone in this song is like well not everyone but most people in this song are like i said spies or double dealing in some way yeah exactly i wish there were more in this dull penicillin to eastern ching plague ridden oh right there's no real there's no real annotation about that (laughs) on our favorite site and that's one where it's like yeah what the fuck is he talking about there i don't know i think i i was i was off on my own tangent and forgot to look that one up (laughs) um (laughs) but uh here i was holding out hope yeah yeah it's uh it's on the eastern chain playing ridden so it must be some i don't know i feel like some colonialist kind of action here of like you know uh, missionaries coming to save uh folks in the on the east right you know modern medicine could definitely be um yeah, I do. If I if I did uh, read something about the Chinese and the English, um, I can't remember yeah. <laughs> today because I'm because uh, my brain's a bit foggy. So uh, if if it was like you know about today's world or the the world of this song, I can't yeah. remember. Um, so I'm not sure. I mean, I know like you know. The the East, uh, there was a lot of things going on, like moving back and forth with tea, opium, India. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think the British were well liked amongst the Chinese, right? But I love this. I yeah, and I love that the. Uh, this is one of his more poetic lyrics. This with the, that line. Of what you cast out will hit back. Oh yeah, I thought that was interesting too. Great, beautiful little sentiment there. Uh, beautiful, maybe not the right word for it, but you know what I mean. No, it's, I totally it's perfectly uh, illustrated, but sort of you know. Yeah. I think you know that. I think that's a great verse. Of, speaking of colonialism, just that whole aspect of you know right, striking right. out and you know. Yeah, and that's and you know. It's it's kind of ironic. Knowing what we know about Marky e. Smith, that he would be saying that because yeah. he's such a prickly guy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I was I was about to say something to that effect. It's, yeah, you know, yeah. It's a line that came back to haunt him in many ways. That's what. I, yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I thought. I thought. I'm always taken by that line. Yeah. Uh, just because it's so strange, um, and then the ending of the song where he's. Just saying, I just thought I'd tell you or something. Yeah. Like that, you know, like that—that's the the main idea of like the end of the song. It was like he's just—I'm just telling you all this stuff. Yeah. Like I'm not, it's, you know, take make of it what you will. Yeah. It's another one of those great lyrics that that feel like it could be someone reading poetry. It could be someone gibbering on the corner who's drunk <laughs> out of their minds who's been living on the streets for, you know. Right. 20 years and it's just you know blathering on this all this you know a smart person who's hit hard times and is you know yeah going off to anyone who'll listen yes there oh my god that reminds me of this guy that was in lawrence who i later found out was actually like a math like a math guy but okay did bad acid or something in in the 60s and never came back so he was yeah so he would be going around he walked around um basically downtown lawrence all the time and like 
sounding like he was repeating poems. Like mm-hmm. I remember one time hearing him say alabaster. Oh, she had the alabaster skin. And I was just like, what? Like, it, and he's talked really high. Yeah. Uh, he actually, wow. he died a few years ago. There was something in the paper. But then that's how I found out he was like some college kid at KU, like University wow. of Kansas in the 60s. And then he just stayed there. So, but... Anyway, for some reason, <laughs> no, that's a that perfect illustration of what I'm talking about. Exactly, yeah. it is exactly like that. Yeah, um, and then he would come out of it and like talk to you normally. Yeah, like we're talking. He's like, "Hello, it's, how's it going?" Yeah, you know? it's so interesting. Yeah, it was weird. But I feel like that's that's you know you could almost see like with the right put the right or wrong push in a certain direction, Marky Smith could have wandered <laughs> down that path. Oh, at some yeah. point. Yeah, you know? I think I think so. Rock saved rock music saved his life, man. <laughs> or his sisters. I'm yeah, not sure which yeah, could there you be. Go. Um, <laughs> yeah. What do you? Yeah, it's just I also get stuck in this whole. There was this whole run in the the annotated fall about the Siberian mushroom Santa. Oh, that, so I've heard about this before. Have you? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's been years, but it's like this weird conspiracy theory about like Christianity is also is like mushroom ridden like psychedelic mushrooms appear yeah in different religions and stuff and like different paintings and religious paintings they sneak pictures of yeah yeah Amanita mushrooms into their and you know fuck if I know (laughs) very well I can understand like those things have been around forever so yeah I mean you read about you read some of the stories in in the Bible and it does you know it does feel (laughs) Right. Very hallucinogenic, or or the or the result of someone like who's been who's like isolating himself in a cave for to be penitent or to seek wisdom, right? And then going a little crazy and thinking he's there's that having too. a fight with somebody. Yeah, there's that I think too. Is one part of the Bible that really stuff's like wow that that could be someone. Yeah, but it's all, but that also goes back to the whole fantastic life lie dichotomy as exactly. well. So it's pretty interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, the fan, yeah, the fantasy life, yeah, rather than just fantastic. Um, yeah, that was a. I feel like he slipped that in bef- on other songs too, and maybe the we even talked. Yeah, but maybe you might be right. Yeah, maybe I'm, I don't know. Seems, but I can't remember what it was. It seems like it was an earlier album. Yeah. So this would have been like pretty close to that album, like if it was. It might have been something on Dragnet, and we might. It might not even be. Anything that we've talked about on a song, but that I just read okay. somewhere, um, or it might have just been reading <laughs> the annotated you, false you site. Who knows? I'm sure we'll get to it in 2023. I, yeah, or seven, whenever. <laughs> uh, uh, ride this thing out as long as we can. God damn it! So, I, you know, <laughs> I wonder. Uh, I think we've talked about this on the show before about like the the. Uh, chemicals that could be connected. Maybe we have I'm thinking of another podcast, but I feel like it's something to think about. It is, you know, we talked about mushrooms in this one, and I know mm-hmm. he's a big amphetamines. Oh, yeah. And lager. But, I mean, did he do other drugs on top of that? Oh, right. I just oh, felt no. like he would have thought, like, you know, maybe maybe hallucinogens, but like like weed was like something for college students and hippies. Kind of wouldn't want to touch I don't that know. stuff. I don't know. Like maybe if he didn't have any speed, yeah, <laughs> or something. Yeah, like I don't. I, I truly don't know. But that does kind of sound like at least maybe something he would have said later in life. 
Sure. And I've often heard people call weed like baby acid or something. <laughs> like that's oh. true. Um, yeah. So there's that. Uh, I'm guessing. I don't know if he ever did anything like narcotics or anything. Well, heroin, I guess, is what I'm thinking of. Oh, I see. Yeah. I don't know if he ever went <clears throat> down that path. I just, I just know he loved his speed. Yeah. I guess maybe if he. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't. I don't know of anything really off the top of my head okay. where he did anything in as far as heroin goes or anybody brings it up because he's usually just doing speed and getting drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anyone in the band ever got into that either. They just seem like a, a bunch of drinking buddies for the most part. You know? Yeah, it seems like, like that. Every, every iteration of the band seems like they're just pub dwellers. You know? Exactly. Well, I wonder if... Huh. I wonder if... Yeah. If it's a culture thing, if it's a location thing. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Just, a, just because of you know the sort of industrial town that they all came out of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, that... that makes more sense at the speed too because it seems like something you get into you know dock workers right doing amphetamines to work faster instead of doing heroin to yeah. sleep on the job or yeah. something yeah <laughs> I don't know there was that yeah I don't know there, there might have been a heroin epidemic in, but I, the only one stuff that I knew about in Manchester was like you know the Happy Mondays mm-hmm. at least Sean Rutter getting addicted to crack right yeah it's always a weird <laughs> That's always a weird story. I don't know why, but like <laughs> Sean Ryder being a crackhead just yeah. like doesn't seem like the most rock and roll sort of no. drug, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I know uh not to get off on a tangent with Sean Ryder, there was that fun story about them <laughs> in the Bahamas recording I think it was Yes Please. They were recording with uh, the with Chris France and Tina Weymouth. And oh. They found him on the beach naked because he had sold his clothes so he could <laughs> buy money. He'd have money to buy drugs. I was like, that's a very Sean Ryder move. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he definitely is. <laughs> How much did Mark and Sean ever cross paths and hang out together? They must have a bit. They must have at some point. Yeah. Because, I mean, and not just in... 24-hour yeah. party people. <laughs> Played shows together, most likely. Just yeah, as probably. Mondays were coming up or something. Yeah. You know? That's always, I, I, I don't know, one of, the, one of the fun things for me, like searching for bootlegs online on like torrent sites or whatever back like years ago uh-huh. and like seeing shows recorded in Manchester. It's like, oh, this is when Pulp very early on was opening for the fall in Manchester. It's like that. Oh, that right. Doesn't, that doesn't jive in my head but right. all right didn't it take them forever to actually become pulp yeah it was like, like it took them a good like 15 16 years before they finally cracked yeah and you know and then it became a huge thing it became and a huge thing another yeah that's weird they're a big deal or was that just for americans were they always bigger no it was it was everywhere <clears throat> was like it? It, okay. took, it like they started to crack through before uh common people like they started to bubble up a little bit and then common people came out and that sort of pushed them way over the top uh-huh. so so they landed the spot and i forget what year it was where they were supposed to play before the stone roses at uh glastonbury like uh-huh. stone roses were headlining and stone roses backed out and so they just moved pulp up to headline the show and stuff, uh-huh. so they could do it Right, they were that good. Uh, that's cool. Interesting. Good for old Jarvis. Fall never, fall never headlined Glastonbury. 
in your <laughs> face, Mark. But but they played it every year, didn't mm-hmm. they? Basically. That or Reading. Yeah, one of the, they just mm-hmm. throwing uh, bottles at Mumford and Sons. Wasn't that the wasn't that the band they were throwing bottles at? Yeah. Marky was throwing bottles at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't I can't remember off the top of my head what he said about him. Yeah. God bless but him. But it was like get these pieces of shit out of my face or yeah. something. <laughs> Except more British. Yeah. Uh, so I, um, I don't really have much else. We got War. We got Charge of the Light Brigade. Oh, the yeah, that's right. Um, we got the Selby, and his Selby. and his and his Crackers history books, <laughs> <laughs> which are pretty funny. Um, yeah. Have you? Uh, yeah, I was listening a bit to like the other live versions of this song, uh-huh. and I, I don't know. I, I, this is one of those songs that I think was really a, a really great live song. Like I love the live renditions of this song, like the way he, Mark performs these, especially. Yeah. He's having a blast, you can tell. Yeah, exactly. Having a blast, but just like really digging into, fantastic life and fantastic lies. He's singing that. And yeah, that's yeah. That's like the cadence. I think. Yeah, I think that um, musically, it's it's pretty poppy. Oh yeah. Like, uh, but. But in that fall sort of way where it's kind of out of tune yeah. and stuff. And the, um, and the thing I like about the live versions is that you get to hear the keyboards a lot more. So there's a really interesting keyboard part running through this that kind of gets a little muffled in the, the Slates version. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, uh, like down. Have you heard the eyelids recording of this song? No, I haven't yeah, yet. A former guest of the show did yeah. a cover this, and I think Steve Hanley plays on it in some capacity. That's right, because yeah, we talked about it. Yeah. yeah. No, I still haven't. Oh wait, did I? I Shit. don't know. I, I just can't listen- remember. I just listened to it very recently, and it's it's good. It's good. Uh-huh. Like Chris, uh, Chris goes a little more devo with the lyrics, oh, with really? with the vocal performance. I mean, just the, the he like. They put some effects on his voice, and he's he's kind of spitting the lyrics a little little harder, uh-huh. which is interesting to hear. But you know, nice. and they they put the emphasis on keyboards as well, which is interesting for those guys because they're more of a guitar. Yeah, band. they're a guitar man. Um, I will have to listen to it. I didn't I didn't get around to going through any of the live ones uh, for this mm. podcast, but I've heard. Uh, uh, the fall in a hole version of yeah. course and like things like that so yeah. is it is it on the uh the america they're in live set i don't believe so no yeah. i can't remember i forget what other version that I, that I heard on the the streaming services but it's like one of the more recent live like i said live recordings it sounds really dodgy <laughs> okay all right well i will definitely check that out yeah there's, uh, if uh, I've probably talked about the best show in here before, but they did like a 24-hour episode not so long ago. Oh yeah, yeah, we talked about that because I still haven't listened to all of it. Yeah, but, uh, we were listening to, it, but I got to the Steve Hanley interview because he was on there for like a good 20 minutes talking with Tom about working with Mark and oh, nice. how strange and wonderful it was. Very was cool. Like, I forget what recording they're making, and he's like, "Steve, I don't want you to play any drum fills on this." <laughs> Okay, and he sort of started throwing him in anyway because he felt like no, we need these drum fills in here, and he's like, it's one of the things like you could actually get him to listen to you if you just held your ground and uh-huh. you know we're very firm in your feelings about stuff. If he folded, then he'll walk all over you. Right, right. <laughs> and that he was also very one. The one thing he hated most was like hearing about how bands were influenced by the fall. 
Oh, really? Like he hated pavement. That's not a, that's not you know a mystery to anybody, or that's not like right, right. Sure, but yeah. yeah, he despised those guys. That's He's pretty funny. Like, what the fuck are these idiots ripping me off? <laughs> it was either pavement or Sonic Youth, in which he, which Mark said they need to have their rock license revoked. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that one. That's a good one. Yeah, I just can't quite remember which band it was. That sounds like a pavement thing, but who knows? I mean, Sonic Youth, like, yeah. Because what? They did that, that Peel session where they did all fall covers. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah, it is pretty good. Um, yeah, there's like four, yeah. I think, on there. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard that one in a long time either. <laughs> yeah, I just ran into it at the record store. The other day and I was like, oh, oh I nice. get this, but no, I wasn't going to pay as much as they were asking for. Of course. Kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. Someday. Goddamn records. They're the worst and the best. <laughs> 